When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we're further ahead than I thought we would be. Um, you're definitely further ahead. You know, I mean, I want to play red versus white. It'll only the only way it'll change that uh, is if is if I have like seven offensive linemen, right? So I'll probably you know they have the new they're going to have the new running clock rules in the in NCAA. So I might run the clock like on first downs, not stop the clock to cut the plays. So what I will say is I see a lot of people like they'll put their one offense and one defense on one team, and they go against the twos and. I want my one offense going against my one defense. I mean, I want iron sharpening iron. I want my two offense going against my two defense. So I'll probably put the one offense with the two defense on one team, the one defense with the two offense. So that way they're always going against similar groups. So. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Hunky, and I'm with Redcast Rob. Hey, everyone. I don't really have a hot take tonight, but I do want to announce that I will be doing a show with Craig and Miranda Coleman on Tuesday night next week, um, 7 o'clock. Or I'm, yeah, 7 o'clock Central Time. Um, just set it up tonight. I'm excited to talk to them. We're just going to kind of talk about what it's like to be the parents of one of the hottest recruits, not only in the state of Nebraska, but um, in the entire country and kind of the process just from their perspective of how uh, their son ended up playing for Coach Rule and, and everything. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk with them about that. Um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to being out in Lincoln for the spring game this weekend, doing our rapid reaction afterwards. So just a lot going on right now in the Redcast world. I'm, I'm trying to take it all in. Very cool, man. Malachi's parents. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're also with Jim in Minnesota. Hey guys, you know we missed our uh, our chance to say goodbye to Kevin Warren, so I have my my Hall of Fame wall behind me here in remembrance of my favorite commissioner. Look at that! Look at that swag wall. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. And uh, fresh off uh, another show tonight, uh, you did with the uh, Corn Nation. We have Dave from Huskies and Pipeline Jerky. What's up, guys? Pumped to be here. Uh, you can clearly see we're taking this is the year to the next level, and uh, we're going full on. This is the year. Wait, there it is. This is the <laughs> this year. Is the this is it, boys. This is it. We're taking this for the real deal. This is. I'm serious this time. This year is going to be the one. <laughs> I, well, I love year, my fellow. Last, last year I was kidding. Yeah. Last year I was kidding. This year, <laughs> starting today. The last 10, 15 years we may have been kidding, but what we saw at the beginning <laughs> of this, that the opening video – the difference between the last 10 and 15 years is the, the man who was speaking there, the man, the myth, Coach Rule. Uh, he mentioned there that uh, this weekend, the spring game, he wants to see ones versus ones and two versus twos. Iron sharpens iron. And that's exactly what we're going to get to in this show a little bit later here. We're going to talk about that depth chart. We're going to go through the ones and the twos as we see it. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit later what how we envision the ones versus the ones looking and the two versus the two. So uh, this should be a lot of fun. But uh, before we get to that, I just want to go over a couple of the upcoming shows we have on Thursday night this week, 8 p.m. We'll have Del Richmond on for another one of our fan forums. Uh, up next is Alumni Hall, two Lincoln locations, downtown 1120 P Street and South Point Pavilions. 
and they uh, have a, a baseball VIP experience out that uh, I wanted to highlight. Uh, you can get two tickets to the May 13th game versus Penn State. Coach Bolt autographed baseball. $50 gift card to Alumni Hall. And you can find the link at Alumni Hall Nebraska on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Rob, do you have anything else to say about our, our wonderful partners over there at Alumni Hall? You know, um, I do, actually. And and I'm going to – this is sort of uh, – relates to uh, Dave over there, too, is that um, – on Friday night with that 94 pipeline event that pipeline uh, jerky is putting on at the Hale varsity club. Also another one of our partners um, alumni hall will be uh, giving away some stuff at that. Um, oh, so cool. hopefully I'll be picking some of that up and bringing it on out with uh, to Dave, just kind of trying to help him out and get stuff organized. Cause I'm sure he's not busy at all putting all this together. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I will say this is that I'm really excited going into the season as a, as a, partner of theirs again because um they've always been a big supporter of the redcast and they've come on the scene in lincoln with both of their stores one at p street and the other at south point pavilion and you know it's it's just been so nice having them in that relationship i i i can't express how much it it's meant to us the redcast itself so um you know just looking forward to shopping at their stores this year and just you know helping them put pride back in nebraska absolutely well and that's a perfect segue, Rob, into this Friday night's event. Uh, now, this says reserve a table at hailvarsity.club.com, but are we still reserving tables or, Dave, is that all – is it done full up? Yeah, it's 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 been sold out. We sold it out in 72 hours, mm-hmm. um, like six weeks ago or whatever. And there's been a st- – I mean, we've had probably another – You know, we, we, only, we only have about 200 people that were allowed in there. We've mm-hmm. probably had another 200 that have – reached out and asked to, to join or to come. So I'm going to be honest. I don't know what's going to happen uh, on Friday. Like, I don't know if all those 200 people who have asked are just going to show up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you guys are going to find out. We get to meet you. We get to meet in purpose person for the first time. We're pumped about it. So it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, it's been awesome to put on. These guys are awesome dudes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, you know, we've talked about this a number of times on the show being born in 87, 1994 is really the first year of football that I remember for the Husker football. And, uh, these guys are gods to me and just legends, uh, uh, you know, of the Husker line and the creators of the pipeline that we named pipeline jerky after was named after these guys. And so the opportunity to, to bring all five of them together and for me to moderate on stage and I've gotten to know Aaron Graham and Joel Wilkes and, and Stein, these guys uh, over the last couple months, it's awesome. Um, so we're super excited for it. It's going to be really entertaining. They're, they're incredibly, uh, once you get them going, which I intend to do, um, <laughs> they're going to, uh, the badgering and the, the badgering and them, uh, going after each other is going to be pretty entertaining. Well, Dave, the, the red cast is going to be in the front row there. So we'll be, uh, we'll be giving you support or heckling you one of the two. But, uh, <laughs> Did he uh, say he was born in 87? Yeah. 87, yeah. Oh Young God. buck. I was, I was in junior high already. I know, man. <laughs> I think actually I know, going man. into high school. So I know, well, man. That's, um, the OG pipeline though, the 1994 one, Rob Zaska, left tackle, left guard, Joel Wilkes, center, Aaron Graham, right guard, Brendan Stye, right tackle, Zach Wiegert. Uh, that's, that's about as good as it gets Two all Americans on that, uh, on that one line for that one season. Yeah. So it's going to be just a, yeah, quick. I mean, so we're doing a, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do like a quick happy hour when you guys got there, we'll do an hour's worth of a, a panel that I'll be hosting. And then we're doing a whole host of autographs. And so it's been mm-hmm. the cool part about the whole event has been, you know, it was really centered around pipeline jerky was how we created it. 
was we reached out to these guys and we're like, Hey, we're starting pipeline jerky. We want to get this business off the ground. would love your help. And they were like, yeah, we're in like, what can we do to help? And so we kind of met in the middle where they had intended to launch a whole host of things and um, wanted to launch their own merchandise line and their own hats and their own you know shirts and the autographs and all sorts of stuff. And we've got the vehicle with Huskies and huskiesstore.com and pipelinejerky.com to, you know, to help bring some of their ideas to, to life. And so we're going to have all that there. We're going to have uh, autograph helmets, autograph, uh, you know, we're going to have pictures. We're going to have uh, hats and shirts and, and all sorts of stuff that we're going to be selling. Some of it coming from Alumni Hall. Uh, Pipeline Jerky is going to be there, of course. And so, yeah, it turned into something much bigger than I think I, I could have even dreamed. I think we were initially just thinking it was just going to be like a, a quick session. And then things kept going and they got all fired up and they're like, we got to do autographs. And so now we've got <laughs> 200 autographs. And then like once the autographs came in, like more people came in and, you know, it's going to be fun. You guys will, you guys will get to see, uh, you know, cause these guys are, you know, just haven't been together. They haven't been on stage since together mm-hmm. since 94. So Tom Chattel is going to be there. Damon Benning's going to be there. Kent Pavelka is going to be there. There's gonna be a whole host of folks that have been oh, it's uh, extremely interested to hear this story. So hopefully it lives up to the hype. Uh, I think they will. Cause they're incredibly uh, entertaining. They're great storytellers. So hopefully you yeah. guys have some fun. That's Thank incredible. You. Friday, April 21st, six to 9 PM at the Hill varsity club in uh, La Vista, uh, pipeline jerky while we're at it uh, you can go to pipeline-jerky.com you can use redcast at the checkout and you can get 10 percent off your order there as well all right order some more speaking of stores the new redcast store that is out there it's not so new anymore we've had it out for a little while uh, we're starting to get some orders in there i'm shane's texting me whenever we get t-shirts bought and hats and stuff so thank you to all the redcasters going out there and getting that you can use the qr code and uh, that's smack and smooch shane and laura out there in elwood and last but not least uh this is just something I think that gets us talking here about merch maybe and, and some merch opportunities. Look at this. It's the new old Herbie. They just announced it today uh, to a lot of fanfare, not something that was necessarily surprising. A lot of people knew that this was going to be coming, that that uh, uh, the blonde Herbie or whatever we want to call it is back. But uh, it was still, I think, it, I'll just start by saying, when I think of Trev making good moves and just being able to read the room and, and know that they're listening to what what the fans want when the fans wanted alcohol and, and PBA, they worked to get alcohol into PBA when they wanted old Herbie back. They found a way to get old Herbie back and modernize them a little bit, but it's pretty much old Herbie. Uh, I'll start with you, Jim. When you saw this today, the announcement, uh, you know, how did it make you feel and what are your thoughts? Yeah, good. So my first ever Husker jacket was 19, 1987. So the same year that Dave was born. And this was the guy in the back of my jacket. So this is like my first ever memory of having my first ever, you know, Husker logoed um, jacket was Herbie. So it was kind of uh, nice to see today that we had him come back and, you know, and revitalized. And I like the message that, that Trev sent out today about, you know, kind of the why behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what I grew up with. So it's neat to, to see him back in the fold again. So I like it. Mm-hmm. Dave, what I are love thoughts? it. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my, my uh, Twitter logo has been old school Herbie since we started a decade ago. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've loved it from the beginning. I never liked the new one, to be honest with you. And like, I think that, you know, <laughs> I think the little red gets plenty of flack too. Um, I, I'm pumped for it. I would agree. I think, I think Trev has just been hitting high notes. I think he just, I, I would agree. It's like between him and rule, both of them have this unbelievable pulse of the fan base. Mm-hmm. Both of them know how to hit, you know, they know how to pander perfectly. You know, Rule goes to SmackDown. He's showing his personality. Trev brings out the old Herbie. Like, these guys know how to hit the high notes on, on the fan base. And I, I think it's something I probably didn't realize we were missing 
the last four or five years because Frost was always good about talking about the nineties. Um, but now they're, these guys are hitting some, some cool notes that I, I've loved. I think the Herbie's great. I think it's just exactly like you said, it's just an example of how Trev is, he's listening. He's got a great pulse of the fan base. Well, did, did we mention that Solich is going to be there this week? Solich is back. I mean, how many good it. things? Yeah. <laughs> good things at once. And Rob is uh, going to be moderating all the, the, the comments coming in. Let us know, Redcasters, everyone that's been watching. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the new Herbie too. And let us know your thoughts uh, as we go through the, the first, second string here of the, of the lineups too. But uh, yeah, a lot of good things going on in, in Husker land right now. Other thing, here, one more, I'm going to jump in. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm going to interrupt, but I, on just having talked to a lot of these pipeline guys and leading up to it, I asked them about Trev because they played with him, right? He's mm-hmm. on the 92, 93, 90, uh, yeah, what is he, 91, 92, 93? Yep. Um, I was like, did you guys ever think that your teammate would become the athletic director? And they're like, oh yeah, since, since 91, <laughs> like he's been mm-hmm. the golden boy, the future of the program since like the early 90s and has always had that, you know, charisma that led to his stint on television that led to his stint as the athletic director. So I don't know. I thought that was, that was like kind of an interesting insight into like, they've known since the beginning um, that he was going to be the guy. And I think he's lived up to the hype so far. Yeah. We'll go back to that 95 orange bowl. The first one uh, for Osborne to win and who's on the sideline. He's, he's a rookie with the Colts, but there's uh, Trev on the sideline next to Uyghur. You know, they're cheering it on as uh, it looks like we're going to pull it out. And uh yeah, the, the role they played. I think it's interesting, even kind of the, the language there that, you know, he was kind of the golden child, which is a little bit of a it's a mix on. That's what we always said about Frost for all those years. And the reality is maybe the golden child really is the guy that came back and is, is the athletic director now and is absolutely has an unbelievable pulse on this on this uh, Husker Nation. Uh, and the moves that they're making, the communications that they're doing, the the roundtable he did a couple weeks ago with uh, Coach Osborne and, and Coach Rule. Just amazing. And uh, uh, good things are ahead there, without a doubt. And now, scoring explosion, the offensive breakdown. Let's get into to scoring explosion. This is going to be the offensive breakdown. This is going to be looking at what we think are going to be the ones and twos on offense going into this weekend here. Uh, to bring that up here, we have – let me move us to the side – uh, so let's go down the first team first. And with quarterback, we're putting Jeff Sims at, at first. Uh, with running back, we listed two on the first team, Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson. Wide receiver, we listed three, Billy Kemp, um, uh, Marcus Washington, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda. Uh, at tight end, we gave two of them, uh, Thomas Fedoni, Nate Borkercher, and then left tackle, Teddy Prohaska, Turner Corcoran at left guard, Ben Scott at center, uh, Nuli at right guard and then Bryce Benhart at right tackle. And down there at the bottom, we have Casey Thompson listed out. So no doubt he would probably have been on the first or second team, at least had he been healthy, but with him being out, uh, that's where uh, we have him right now. So again, I'll go back to you, Jim. We'll get started with you. As you look at this, this left column here, the first team, what are your thoughts? Well, I think the first thing that pops up to me is that the wide receiver group is all transfers. We kind of talked about that last year too, a little bit, you know, in terms of, the depth not being there and the development not being there. And uh, these guys are all, I mean, Billy Kemp's what a seventh year player, six year player. <laughs> he's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington fifth year uh, IGC. He's up there. I think in his fifth year as well. So I like those three guys. We'll see how they pan out. It sounds like Washington's have a great camp and uh, has come along really well. Billy Kemp is, is solid. Um, so I, I think overall maybe a B is kind of how I'd rate that, B-plus in terms of that first line. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's my first impression, I think, overall. I mean, we'll see with Betts. I mean, hopefully he can come along and continue to, to mature and do well in the classroom. And and if he does, I mean, he's a difference maker. So we'll see. We lost Brown a couple of days ago. So, I mean, it sounds like from what Rule was saying, this is the group that's come along the most of any group in the um, on the team right now. So maybe credit to our, our young uh, wide receiver coach, um, Garrett McGuire, on uh, getting these guys um, ready to go. But. That's my first, I think, 10,000-foot level kind of view of the whole thing right now as it stands today. Mm -hmm. Well, Dave, give me your 10,000-view-foot uh, level of this as well. I think it's – I mean, it's such an interesting – the coaching changes, which we've now been through X number, five. I don't even know how many at this point. But <laughs> the coaching change is always interesting off season because you really have no idea what offense they're going to run – how they're going to go about it, like how they're going to work with personnel, like what's it going to look like, you know, are these guys going to stay on? So I think to me, Jeff Sims is probably the most interesting name on here for all of those reasons is, you know, you bring an athlete in like Jeff Sims, who's, you know, played a significant amount of Georgia Tech and ran a different offense entirely than, you know, what Casey's running. To me, is it like, is that just because Rule really likes him and has liked him? I think he recruited him all the way back at Baylor. Or is it because that's the offense he wants as a super athletic quarterback? You know, is, is mm -hmm. it more in that run, you know, that RPO type than a Casey Thompson drop back? Uh, I'm super interested to see what he does tomorrow or tomorrow on, on Saturday. Um, Can't come fast I, enough, I agree. Yeah, it could be <laughs> this afternoon, whatever time. The, I, he's, I don't know. He, I think he's an interesting athlete. I think, you know, I, I've watched a ton of his film and – you know, I, he's certainly got some accuracy challenges, a lot of the interceptions, but he's a heck of an athlete and that team just wasn't any good. So it's, it was kind of hard to tell how much of that is him versus the team versus what he had with him. So um, that's probably the most interesting one to me. And I'd actually like to see Harburg air it out too. I mean, we're not getting the second team yet, but those two, those two together, I think they probably gotten a lot of snaps out with Casey out. So it'll be interesting to see what those guys can do. Mac and I, a couple of weeks ago, we had Glenn Snodgrass on coach uh, Snodgrass from York high school. So he was at the coaches clinic and then he was at the first full contact scrimmage where, and they did this again last Saturday on the, the next scrimmage that coach rule talks about. He sent those, those QBs live. And the idea a couple of weeks ago, the, the offense had the advantage on the defense and the defense had to adjust to a quarterback who was mobile. And his, his response very much was Sims is a, he's a gamer, man. And his legs can be a part of this, but he also threw the ball. Well, he, We'll get to Harburg, but he said a lot of the same things about Harburg's legs for sure. That he's definitely a quite the runner. And I thought it was interesting to hear the the transition of the the team from that scrimmage two weeks ago to the last scrimmage, where the defense had the had the advantage on him for the most part over the course of it. So that tells you that you want to see some of that give and take and that going back and forth in spring. You don't want one side constantly dominating. And they also adjusted and were tackling better by the second scrimmage and. You know, we all saw that last year against, uh, you know, after the Oklahoma loss and we switched DCs and and uh, they talk about how, yeah, we're starting to tackle for the first time in practice and shocking how you get better doing things like that when yeah. you actually do it. And so anyways, I, I'm I'm ecstatic with the talent that I see here, without a doubt. I, I'm also interested to see how flexible and mobile they are. We've talked so much about speed and what's the strength and conditioning differences there. Uh, Rob, before we uh, keep moving here, do you have anything – First team wise, any specific player you're looking at, or is there a position group that you're really interested in? So my answer will be the same all night. Every time you ask, is I'll be looking at the trenches all night mm -hmm. long. Um, that's what I'll be watching. I'll be watching how the offensive line, um, like you just said, how how they're moving, how flexible they are. 
Um, one guy last year that I saw a lot of in the spring game, obviously, um, was Kevin Williams Jr., right? And he was like a big guy, super athletic, really physical, pushing guys back. Then he got injured. We didn't see him play a whole lot last year. Um, I want to see if our guys are kind of looking like that this mm-hmm. year, right? Like really flexible, getting getting the push on the defensive line. But then again, if they're getting too much of a push, that's going to worry me as well because that's <laughs> our offensive line and those are our ones. So I'd like to see a lot of stalemates in the middle and just, you know, and and make sure our quarterbacks are protected, make sure our wide receivers are, you know, making some nice plays and, and beating defenders. But I'd also like to kind of see it go the other way too. So um, I know it sounds like a really boring, you know, answer there, but I will be keeping my eyes on the trenches the most. That's that's well, the most important thing in the big There's 10. nothing boring about it. That's what Trev said when he was looking to hire coaches. We need to start winning the, the trenches. You know, I want to go to you, Jim, and you helped out a lot last night with kind of formulating these first and second strings. And we, we it was an iterative process, I'll call it. We went back and forth and kind of came to where we had here. But when we, before spring ball started, the Redcast, we did um, projections on the position groups, but all we did was only scholarship players because we had 105. I was like, we're not going to go through all 150 or whatever we had at the time. We're just going to do it just scholarship players, position group by position group. But as we're looking at this, you know, you, you mentioned Nate Porkercher. We should definitely be including him there at, at tight end. We have him on the first string. Uh, there's some, some walk-ons here that we'll get to on the second string uh, offense and defense as well. So look at this offense from a balance standpoint, from transfers, from guys that are returning guys that have been in the program for multiple years. We have walk-ons in there. I mean, what does that kind of tell you that there's a lot of different players from a lot of different backgrounds? You mentioned all three of the, the wide receivers are transfers. I mean, what does that kind of tell you just the, the makeup of this this group? Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting question because you look at the it's first year for Matt Rule, so he's not looking to maybe start just freshmen and sophomores to build up for year two, mm. and he wants to win now. And so my impression is whoever's going to give him the best chance to win now, whether it's you know Marcus Washington, whether it's seventh year and Billy Camp, whether it's Nate Borkacher, it doesn't matter to him you know who you are or where you were in the depth chart last year or what program you were with last year. If you can help Nebraska win now, like as in August 31st, you're going to play. And you know, I think as a fan, I, I like that. I mean, I'm all for development and building up. And, you know, I, I know what his history is like in the last, you know, two stops at Baylor where year one is a struggle. You know, and I, I don't want to struggle. I want to win right now. You know, I've been struggling for the last 20 years and the last six years specifically. So I like the fact that it's a good mix. And I think he's going to give guys like Ty Han and Borkature and, and John Bullock. We'll get them in a little bit. But mm-hmm. – He's going to put him on a scholarship. I really do. He's going to reward these guys that have, you know, worked their tails off and, and got into a position where they're going to press for playing time over guys that are on scholarship. And I think that's my takeaway is he doesn't really care where you were last year. It's all about this year. And if you're going to help this team win, he's you're, you're going to be in there. Yeah. Well, Dave, I mean, right there, we bring up these previous uh, stops, Baylor, and we bring up, uh, you know, Temple, but but what's that? What's that sign behind you? What does that say? Oh, wait, there this we go. is the year. I mean, we can't get there going two and ten or one and eleven. That that can't or six happen. and six. We can't we, go six and six either. We need to win. We need to win games. I mean, just looking, just first team before we even get into the depth. Do we have the talent here? Do you see to to get to the? We'll just say six plus uh, category. Do you have any concerns at all about the talent that we have on this team uh, in year one? 
No, at all. But that's also like my biggest kryptonite, which you're very well aware of, is uh, we're in the most beautiful time of year. This is the off season when we can be anybody we want to be and we can believe, you know, every player is going to fulfill their full potential until September. And so there's this nine month period when we can get to live <laughs> in this like fantasy land is my favorite time of year. I love it. It's incredible. <laughs> like it gets the juices going, you get all fired up about it. We're like, oh my God, these guys are back. Like I see that list. I'm like, oh, Fedoni, he's, he's healthy. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess he's blew out both of his knees and you know <laughs> but remember when he was sick as an 18 year old like that's all i see is like oh yeah that guy's awesome and like prohaska's back that's amazing like oh he blew out a knee too but you know forget about that and ben scott got hurt a little bit like no big deal and oh my god ramir johnson's back well he didn't play at all last year so like there's this helmet where i just <laughs> i see this list i'm like oh my god what if like the ramir johnson from that michigan game shows up and then oh, also sure. the jeff sims that plays really well but not the one that throws all the interceptions shows up and Gabe Irvin's healthy and Ramirez healthy and like Billy Kemp all of a sudden becomes like an you know American. So I just see him like, oh my God, this team's unbelievable. How do we get this all-star team? Like, how do we put all these players together? So that, now I'm like, hey, you're getting me all fired up. I'm like, this is the best team I've ever seen on paper. Besides the 94 team, which I've started to go down. That's a humbling man. You guys want I don't want to go down. I've been talking about that all night, but I'm like deep in the archives on this thing. That's a humbling experience to go down like some of the stats from those guys. They, mm-hmm. I said, I said this on the last podcast. I don't think I said it on this one yet, but the, they didn't give up a sack the entire season. Like, do you know how many we had last year? Oh, geez, thirty-five. Yes, like thirty-three. Exactly? Okay, it's zero, zero sacks, ninety-four. What are you talking about? That's insane. So somehow we got to go from thirty-three down to zero. But this is the team to do it. I can feel it. Um, you know. Before before we move on to, I think mm-hmm. one of the things like Jim kind of said, and and I and it's one of the biggest things that bothers me about like the whole narrative on Rule and his previous coaching stops for college with Temple and Baylor and like his record in the first year, because he's not the kind of guy that's going to be blowing smoke up our asses. Part of my language, you know, and he's not going to be saying things just to say it, just to make us happy. Um, I think he's he's coming from a from a perspective of like, you know, what he honestly sees out there. And you can tell there's hesitation in his voice when saying things. But he has said multiple times that he hasn't worked with this kind of talent in year one at either one of those programs. And so I think that's part of why all of a sudden now, like I didn't even bring my Kool-Aid jar tonight because, I mean, at this point, I think it's a little bit too heavy for me me to pick up it's so full (laughs) and i mean and and i think that i think so i think it's just a really bad narrative i think even for fans to sit there and say well we can't expect him to do very well this year because you know in the past at baylor or temple you know here was his record and here's his overall record which is the biggest crock of bs that i've ever heard you know what we have to think about is that he has never started a program with this much talent already on the team, right? A lot of people are saying, well, we're not picking up all these transfer. We have over a hundred scholarships on the team, right? Like we well, don't have 90, to be picking down up. To 97 not, now, down to 97. Down to 97. knocked off. You know, and I can only name one guy that I know for a fact actually left from the team who I, you know, whose name I've heard multiple times, right? So it's like, we're also retaining a lot of these kids right now, which means to me that they want to play on Saturday. We may see some turnover after Saturday, but these kids are here to compete. And well, that says will- everything. And we will see a little bit of turnover after Saturday. We know that. We have to get numbers into the yeah. right spots anyways. But that's also something for fans to to understand 
that we don't have to over go overboard every single time on Twitter after one guy leaves. We know that that's going to happen. There's probably going to be someone that leaves that maybe you didn't expect was going probably, to. Probably still will, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's probably someone on this list that will probably – that will and probably leave. And at least we're not like that other school that's right down the street from me where like some of their best players are leaving before their spring game is even yeah. played on Saturday. And they're, you know, it's like they have good players. It looks like they're just playing with like high school players, junior yeah. high guys. Well, I mean, the guys that didn't want to play against the junior high guys are leaving. I got yeah, it. So like all the, the JV's leaving. Got it. To me, that's <laughs> the win as much as anything. The win that that coach rule has done with this current team is just to even get us to this point where we haven't had a mass exodus of guys. They're going through the process. They're going to go through this game. And, you know, and they've, as long as they've given it that effort, I mean, it's not like you don't need to go and kick the guy off before you even have a chance to see him. And so there's going to be some guys that will probably leave that we didn't expect. And there's going to be some guys that are going to surprise that we weren't expecting either. And I think uh, maybe some of them can come from the second string and let's go to this right column. And uh, we have Heinrich Harburg as the quarterback, uh, Anthony Grant and AJ Allen, two guys that were playing last year. At running back, at wide receiver, Joshua Fleeks, the transfer from uh, – got originally recruited to Baylor uh, by uh, Coach Rule, so, you know, four or five years ago. Xavier Betts, who is back on the team. Ty Hahn, you mentioned him, Jim. So, Ty Hahn, he's a walk-on from Nebraska. At tight end, Janarian Bonner. So, that was one of those – first year, we're going to be moving some guys around positions. They've taken Bonner a, a big – wide receiver and kind of put him into a, a hybrid kind of tight end wide wide receiver position there. Eric Gilbert, big time recruit or transfer from Georgia, 6'6, 270, and I've heard he's even bigger than that. And then left tackle, the true freshman Gunnar Gotchula, left guard, Ethan Piper, centers Justin Jenkins, who I uh, again when I talked with the Snodgrass, they said that the he didn't even know that the guy's name, but he was just like the backup center who was playing that day. Uh, he, he's like, I didn't see any crazy snaps. Nothing was, was going wrong there. And that, that's a good sign as much as anything. And then Henry Lutovsky at right guard. And then Jacob hood, another one of the Georgia transfers, big guy, six, eight, three forty-five. We have him at right tackle. Okay. I'll start again with you here, Jim. I guess, you know, we went through this last night, but I'll still ask you. And again, any Redcasters watching, feel free to, to throw in your, your thoughts here, Rob, you know, post them. No, where did we get it wrong, Jim? Do you, do you see any one guy you're like, oh, geez, I could see him on the left side or or vice versa, or just someone to really keep an eye on? Yeah, so I think you look at the running backs, Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen. If you would ask me before the you know, winter conditioning who is going to be one and two, I would have said A.J. Allen one and Anthony Grant two. Mm-hmm. And right now going into the spring game, I think they're three and four. Now, A.J. Allen is going to be – I don't know if he's going to play – I've heard, you know, we've heard maybe possible concussion. Don't know exactly what the situation is there, but he's banged up. It sounded like he could probably play on Saturday if there's a game rule said. But, you know, I I think it's kind of surprising a little bit that Gabe Urban jumped out and has had a great camp. I mean, maybe it's not surprising because he had a great camp two years ago and it was the starter game one, the first time ever a freshman started game one for Nebraska. Mm -hmm. But I think think for me, A.J. Allen, Anthony Grant, where they're at right now, they're a little surprising. Um, will that change? We'll see. But mm-hmm. I think I think Allen's the best running back on the team, and you know where that goes from here, we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see. But I think overall, there's good depth there at that spot. So I think that one, number one, um, you know, Gatula, you know, early enrollee, possibly. You know, it sounds like he's number two behind uh, Prochaska. So <laughs> you know, enrolls early, and he's getting tons of playing time. So. Mm-hmm. I think those three right there for me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, let's uh, take a clip here from uh, the press conference on Saturday. And this is Coach Rule talking about the injury list uh, just to kind of go over the overall health of the team right now. Everyone that's been out still kind of out, you know. Um, we've we've had nothing really major. We've got some guys that are banged up. We have a lot, of, you know, a couple of guys that I'm sure if we were playing a game this week would have would have had Ben Scott probably available. Would have had uh, AJ Allen close to available. I think a lot of those guys will trend to be back this week. Blaze Gunnarsson's been back practicing with us, which is good. You know, um, he's a player I'm really excited about. I like what he does. So I, I think we're in a good good space. You know, Dave. I'm looking at this right side here, and I'm seeing two guys that were in Athens, Georgia last year and were big-time recruits, and I see them still, you know, in the second team here. You know, they didn't just transfer from the SEC and go right into into a starting position. And um, not that there's not good things to expect from Gilbert or from Hood down the road down too, but uh, does that speak to some of the depth that we have here is that they were backups there and they came here, and they're, right now we have them listed as backups here. Yeah, I think Gilbert's super interesting. Um mm-hmm. You know, again, back to my Kool-Aid brain of like ignoring the fact that he didn't really play much at Georgia and just exclusively <laughs> looking at the fact that he is an absolute monster. Monster, right? He's mm-hmm. like an absolute giant human, 6'6", 270, but can – is that what you got? 6'6", 270? Yeah, but he six, can six, move. I've heard he's but bigger. He, and he had that good he, season at LSU as a freshman. Before yeah, he but, he, you know, he, he can move. And, and, he you know, he's one of those freaks for coming out of high school. You know, he's very highly mm-hmm. rated across the board. So I think that's a pretty interesting one. You know, again, you hope Fedone's like healthy and, and can run the way that he ran in high school. Um, but I would say Gilbert's super interesting – I think Fleeks is super interesting too. I think he's, you know, I, I think he's a speed demon from what I've heard. Um, I, the one, so the one that's not on here, and obviously we're just talking about the spring game, but I posted this um, to Twitter and got a lot of Malachi Coleman um, as far as like, you know, he's going to be the wide receiver that makes noise in the, in the fall. I don't know mm-hmm. what you guys think about that one. I think that's kind of an interesting one. I always, I always feel like you need to give a kid a couple of years, um, but he's definitely got some raw talent. What do you guys think about him? I mean, he changes the game in terms of the size. Even you know, we have decent size at wide receiver, but you don't see anybody on this list here, at least, that matches his his intangibles. And then on top of it, the fact that he lives right here in Lincoln and he's been at virtually every practice. So you know, he's not enrolled right now. He's still at Lincoln East, but he's been to as many of the the spring practices and I guess getting the mental reps. If that helps speed up expedite any of his summer. Um, training at all the better in fact rob that's something next week you can talk with uh miranda and craig a little bit about you know and just kind of get some of the feedback on what they think of of how he has gone out and and uh, really built some of those connections already with the team by being around him all the time yeah jim what are you thinking there with uh with malachi i think based on what uh rule has said i think malachi's gonna play early next year i mm-hmm. because I, I agree with you honky i don't see anybody else on this list that has his skill set you know obviously bets we don't know if that's gonna pan out i think it's going to but we don't know yet so the fact that coleman's invested you know coming to these practices and he's got that that speed and that size and he i mean he's a difference maker so i can see him definitely playing early and and um and you know not uh burning or burning his redshirt for sure yeah, I mean six foot four and the speed that he brings with that that size of body. I mean that is that's one thing they always say you can't keep can't coach speed. Well, y'all and we know how important speed is to this staff. Not only can you not coach speed, you also can't coach height. You know, I mean if you're, yeah. you're a speed demon, you're five ten, that's great. But if you're a speed demon and you're six four, that's that's even better. And and that's something that we have with with Malachi. So how quickly he gets 
into the playbook, how quickly he acclimates to the the college game. That's like any freshman. That's the most important thing. But that's part of what I think he's doing right now is trying to yeah. be down there, right in practice, right in the drills, and and uh, see everything he can at the at a close level. And I bet yeah. you, I, I think he knows that too. I, I bet mm-hmm. you, he knows his chance is, is right now. He's got an opportunity on that field as a freshman, and that's why he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for those people that joined us kind of late in the beginning, um, I announced that I'll be speaking with Miranda and Craig Coleman next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, just a little bit about their son's journey to where he's where he's at. I will be asking them questions about you know kind of what he's been doing this spring around the team because I know for a fact that he has, like you said, he has been around the team a lot, attending practices. You know, it's a senior year, so he's probably done with school really at this point, and you know he just wanted to be able to run track and he's doing that on Thursday nights and obviously attending track practice in the afternoons for, for high school. But um, yeah, that'll, that'll be a really good. And and so if there are questions for that as well, feel free to shoot me DMS on Twitter at Redcast Rob or, you know, post them, you know, just straight up on the uh, YouTube uh, setup that we already have. Go to our channel, subscribe, like it, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and I think one thing that you said there, Jim, about the offense, having the running backs, and I still I agree with where we have them here, having them on the right side, but they were the guys that it was first off, it, it was, or can we keep them? If you go back to November and, and December, can we not lose Grant? Can we not lose Allen? Well, we didn't. Coach Rule did an amazing job to keep those guys engaged. They, they stayed here. They've gone through this semester, and as of right now, for now, I think it's I think it's fair as of right now. These and this is very important for anyone that watches this today and watches it a week from now and two weeks from now. These are not you know written in ink. These can change. These names can move around. But uh, just at least going into this right now, I, I would have Irvin and Ramirez on the first team, and that says a lot to the depth of that running back room because I know you know we've saw some really good things from Grant, and if Allen would have stayed healthy, we know that there's some really good things with him too. So. Um, again, this goes back to a talent thing. I, don't, I think we've got some talent. It's time to throw the bones. And let's get to throwing the bones. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball. And same thing here. Let's go down the left column. First Guys, your team. graphics are elite. Who is going on right now? <laughs> elite <laughs> graphics. There you go. Uh, graphic Can you say still. that with a little more of an East Coast accent, Dave? <laughs> really fast. and Elite. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I really want to say here is that, you know, Honky's got some really elite graphics going on right now. It's one of the things that most impresses me is just the eliteness that he has going on with with what he's putting up on the screen. Well, I think everyone on this, everyone here is elite right now. I mean, you know, Jim, you do elite things on on Twitter and and Husk guys, man, you guys are elite with pipeline jerky, which is elite jerky. Uh, Let's go to the first team here. We've got the little skull and crossbones up there, the. They won't be wearing black shirts this week, but uh, we always want to address the first team as black shirts. And so we have Stephen Wynn, uh, last year's transfer from uh, Alabama, but now with a a full offseason under his belt, 6'3", 305. Ty Robinson, we have him as a defensive tackle. So Stephen Wynn, nose tackle. Ty Robinson, defensive tackle. Blaze Gunnerson. I don't know if you consider this a, a, a position change or not, but at one point we were using the word edge. Now we've got Jacks. Well, we moved Gunnerson to defensive end, and at 6'6", 250, he's not small. So uh, that would be kind of your D-line there, Win Robinson, Gunnerson. Uh, Jamari Butler, we have starting at Jacks. Luke Reimer, who's had some injuries, but uh, right now we have him listed at linebacker. 
with Chief Borders, the transfer from Florida as the other linebacker. Rover, which when and I saw you 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 said this one, Jim, and I, I forgot that we were calling it or that we had I'd seen it as Rover. That takes me back to the 90s. I mean, we used to have rover backs back then, and then it, it kind of went away. But Omar Brown, we have listed as the rover cornerbacks. We have Quentin Newsom. I mean, he's solid at one spot, and it's really who's going to be the, the corner opposite of him. Right now we put Javier Morton at that. And then at safeties, we have Malcolm Hartzog, uh, who just had an outstanding freshman season last year, and then Miles Farmer. And listed at the very bottom is out for this as linebacker Nick Henrich. Uh, no doubt it would most likely be – Henrich and Reimer, but again, who knows? I mean, Borders is a is a formidable uh, uh, you know opponent there for that that position too. So we'll do it the same way, just like we did last time. Jim, you take a look at that left column, the first teamers. What's the jumps off the page right away? So I'm going to take the first one there, Stephen Wynn. Um, if he can be big, and it sounds like if you read the article this morning on Husker Online, he had a dominating scrimmage on Saturday. If he can be now, you know, he's a year in the program. Uh, he's got time. I think he came in June of last year. So he's got, you know, time under his feet in the new uh, program with Campbell. There is room conditioning. So I like Stephen Wynn or Stefan Wynn, sorry, out of the gates there at that nose tackle spot. Um, Omar Brown's banged up, it sounds like. I hope he can play on Saturday. Uh, probably my number two guy in that on that list there. If he can be an impact player for us, and he was, you know, highly touted coming out of northern Iowa two years ago. Um, at that rover spot, that's that's a nice that's a nice look for him, I think, with that size and that physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, like we talked about on offense, look at the uh, look at the balance of returning players with transfers. You know, Stephon Wynn there, like we said, he was a transfer from Alabama a year ago. But one of the things is, if you're transferring in in the summer, that's a problem. I think from a hard development to. standpoint, it's hard to acclimate that quickly. And I'll I'll temper any fans after this semester gets done that say, Hey, we need to go in the portal and get seven and 10 guys in, you know, there's no reason to think that someone's going to acclimate any faster after this, this spring either. I, we know the importance of practice to this coaching staff and the guys that are here right now. I mean, those are the guys I'm, I'm ready to go into battle with uh, come fall and short of having an absolute, you know, just real need at one position here or there for the most part, I'm hoping that most of the positions can be filled with the guys we have there, but but wins a transfer, but there's Robinson, Gunnerson, and Butler, and Reimer. Those are guys that have been through the program multiple years. Chief Border comes in. You have Omar as a transfer. Quentin Newsom's been here forever. And, you know, uh, Hartzog's coming straight here, and same with Farmer. Morton was a transfer. But, uh, you know, Dave, let's go back to the talent thing. We talked about talent on offense. You look at this here, talent-wise, I mean, what, what jumps off the page to you? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I kind of love the Chief Borders pickup. Um, you know, I, I watched a lot of his tape. I, th- I find him to be uh, hopefully instant instant impact, like you said. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, of Reimer and Henrik. I, I hope they can kind of reclaim some of that magic they had from two years ago when mm-hmm. they were number one and number two in the Big Ten in tackles for most of the season two years ago. And, you know, last year I think they just built battled injuries and – you know, there's a whole host of other things, but I, I just think Reimer's got a real nose for the ball. Uh, and it's fantastic. I, I think the one Tommy Hill's the one on the second team that I I just feel like he's got so much talent. He's gonna find his way onto that first team. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I still I really like Quinn Newsom. I like Miles Farmer. I think they're they're strong secondary players for us that um I, it's great to see him back. You know, I think that's where like the transfer portal gets you so discombobulated because so many people come and go. And so I feel like seeing a stable of folks that 
if I'm adding that up correctly, you know, five, six, seven of them, like you just mm-hmm. said, Hockey, have, I've been on the team and that, that cohesion, I think is important. Yeah. This is, it's silly when people bring up previous stops that rules been at, when you just look at the situations that they're in, you know, the, the lack of depth, the lack of, of talent in some cases here and what he's coming into here. I mean, there are guys that have been through the program three, four five years and he's kept them around. I would have, the biggest surprise to me is, I would have told you six months ago that we need to have, you know, at, at that time, a Mickey Joseph or Bill Bush. We need to keep those guys around or, or we're going to lose the team. We're going to lose all these solid pieces. And it's a real true credit to what Coach Rule did. I think it's a credit to Trev in identifying Rule when he hired him is that we can bring somebody in. He can make changes. He can He's going to bring in the staff he needs to bring in and do all those things. And at the same token, you treat the players in the right way and you're not seeing guys just flee just to flee. And get them through the process, go through an offseason, and 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 I like where we can be at. Now, one of the positions, Jim, jacks, is that essentially, are we just, is that the edge position just being called a different name, or, or no, I, I think, are you familiar yeah. kind of with what jacks is going to be? So, I think it's actually jack, but it's <laughs> oh, the jack, yeah. The jack, yeah. I think it's an all-encompassing linebacker who can be moved around to inside, outside, and on the line as a defensive end. So mm-hmm. I think you guys listened to Tony White, I think, last week talk about the position. It's it's all over. So you can be in space one time as, you know, Jamari Butler covering mm-hmm. a tight end, and then next thing you know, your, your hand's in the dirt, and you're third down and seven, you have to get to the passer. So it's a very versatile um, multifaceted. I, I kind of worry a little bit with the, you know, the kind of the mental overload, you know, that they're going to be taking on. These guys are former defensive ends, you know, outside linebackers, and they're going to be, be doing it all now. <laughs> um, mm. But you like, I think, the, the athletic ability of Jamari Butler, he's done a great camp, and then MJ Sherman had a great Saturday practice as well. So I like the two, the two guys at that position there, and we'll see. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see how things plays out. I don't, I've never seen this defense other than outside of a few teams that, that play it, you know. And so, mm-hmm. for us, where these pieces fit, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Malcolm Hartsog, do you guys like him at safety? I mean, were you were you crazy about him as a cornerback last year? I mean, it was Good like, for me, it was like eh. <laughs> he's like five foot six. Is he going to transition to a safety? I, Hey, he's five nine. I'm five nine, Jim. All right, so I take offense to that comment. And first of all, and he's a ball. He was a ball hawk too. I mean, how many interceptions did he have last year? So yeah, yeah. I, I know. I'm just I'm giving you a hard time about the. No, I get it. He's probably is used to that as well, being that size. And I think he's a great player too. I just don't know how great does that transition over to a safety spot where he's coming down the line and filling up gaps. I, we'll see. You know, yeah, we'll I, see that plays out. To answer your question, I didn't know anything about him at all, really, until all of a sudden against Indiana, he's returning a punt for a touchdown. And and uh, sometimes yeah. with players, they just need an opportunity. And so it, what it does tell me is that he took an opportunity and he made something of it. And that that does say a lot because there's guys that get opportunities and, and you don't see anything with it. The jack position there, <laughs> I don't know why I type jacks, but the jack position, it, it sounds a lot to me like what the edge was, but uh, but – different defenses. So, you know, putting them in different spots, my only concern with it, and I'll, I'll use Oshan as an example last year was if someone's really good at something like think of Trev, Trev was an outside linebacker in a five, two, and then his senior year, they moved him to a four, three. And he was, he was no longer an outside linebacker. He won the Buckus award. And I've always said he never should have won the Buckus. It should have been the Lombardi, which uh, wished won a few years later playing the exact same position. He wasn't a linebacker anymore. He was a D end. His hand was on the ground. He rushed. And when he rushed, he got 15 sacks. 
And sometimes I, what I hope is, let's say Butler, I don't care who it is, Butler, Sherman, whoever, let's say they are just a, they're a stud at, at, at blitzing and getting in the backfield and causing havoc back there. Boy, I, I wouldn't want to take him out of that, who, you know, take that player out of that position, start dropping him back a whole lot. You know, sometimes if that's what you do good, do it. Don't don't get too cute with guys. And I thought with Oshan, there were times those first few games, my gosh, you know, you'd almost never see him in the backfield because he was always dropping back into coverage. I was like, this is the number one guy in the portal that we got. And we're, we're never seeing him in the backfield. Yeah, I thought that's an I think that's an excellent point on Oshan, and I think he's you know you saw that shift a lot like midseason is like mm-hmm. why doesn't he have any sacks and then he had some sacks because they switched the you know the defense for him and they allowed him to rush and like you saw him come off the edge how explosive he was coming off the edge so I, that yeah. fit that fits a tough balance to mm-hmm. to figure out but and it is a defense and to your point too Jim I mean it is a, di- a different defense than what we saw last year too so we'll we'll kind of see how that all plays out but it, you know there's some size there we're gonna need. Um, D line wise, essentially, we kind of have two defensive line bodies on the field in this defense, the way that this looks over potentially three, I guess you look at the second team here and, and Judy would have one of those bodies, but like this first team, you've got two big defensive tackle guys, Robinson and Wynn, and then Gunnerson at six six two fifty in a DN spot. That's a very Grant Wistrom size kind of defensive end guy. Not a, doesn't have to necessarily be a you know, a 300, a third 300 pound guy on the, on the field. And I've always said that with like the difference between running a three man front or a four man front is, is a difference in depth. You may not need as many defensive linemen, true defensive linemen in a four man. If you just have two big bodies in it and then, you know, two, six, five, 250 DNs on the, on the field. And, and that can, that can start to spread out your depth a little bit. Cause let's get to the depth. Let's look at the second string nose tackle. We have uh Nash Hutmacher over there, six, four, three thirty. And that might be too big. I've seen him. I've seen that he's lost some weight. I was just using the the numbers that I had from earlier. So that might be a, a big number for him. D tackle Raquan Buckley, and I really like the potential of this guy. This guy, he's a sophomore, 6'6", 290. Elijah Judy at DN. So backing up Blaze Gunnerson, but you can here's here's a good example of a different body type. Gunnerson starting at 6'6", 250. Here's Elijah Judy at 6'3", 300, and he's the transfer from AM. So you, you can have different size, different style bodies at the at that position. The Jack uh, backing up Butler we have is MJ Sherman. So another transfer from Georgia, junior 6'3", 250. Linebacker Garrett Snodgrass. And then you mentioned him earlier, Jim, John Bullock. So here's another one of the walk-ons. Uh, and uh, then at Rover, the backup to Omar Brown, we have is Isaac Gifford. Cornerback is Corey Collier, transferred from Florida. And then Tommy Hill, you were talking about him, Dave. Last but not least, safety, Deshaun Singleton. And then Phelan Sanford, a senior, another one of the walk-ons. So I'll start with you, Jim. Again, this is a – it's a mix. It's it's walk-ons, it's transfers, it's guys that have been in the program. Uh, what do you think of in that second team? Whew. I mean, the obvious to me is the defensive line. I mean, <laughs> if there's a spot in our defense or actually in our team that concerns me the most, it's that group right there. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, Honky. I, I Raquan Buckley was a guy that we were excited about getting out of Michigan as a, you know two years ago, and it's his third year now, and and he's got to take that leap, you know, not just for himself as a player, but for this defense to have some depth and to rotate around that. Uh, defensive line and I imagine we're going to get somebody in the portal as well how good they're going to be and how they're going to contribute mm-hmm. you know we saw with Wynn last year and the, the guy from uh was it Drew from Texas yeah, Drew from, yeah you yeah, got to get here <laughs> he got here late and uh it didn't really contribute too much so 
I think that's my kind of eye-opening thing is we got, you know, Judy's a transfer from Texas A&M. He's, he's playing well so far, but again, we don't, we don't know until we actually see it on the field. Right. And, and you're right with Nash. I mean, hopefully he gets, he has some flexibility now with those, with his new strength and conditioning that uh, again, under Campbell, can he play sideline to sideline? I don't know. So I, that's concerning to me for sure is that that depth there on the second, on the second unit that kind of pops out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one more on that list, John Bullock had mentioned him before, I, you know, the way he's moving around the speed he can give. I mean that, so from what I understand, the it's the inside linebacker on this defense that is really kind of the the heart and soul of the defense. They've got to be able to to beat the offensive linemen. They're they're not getting blocked, so they're going to have to beat them to get to the ball carrier. So you're going to have to you're going to have to move. And um, I think John Bulk's a guy who can who can do that. Mm-hmm. Dave, what do you think of your second string? Yeah, I think you know. Tommy Hills is one I mentioned I'm excited about. I think Nash, it's, you know, it's exciting to think about him kind of making that leap to Snodgrass. I've always liked, um, you know, I just always felt he, he has a ton of promise. I think to, uh, to your point on what you're saying, Jim, on making that leap, um, you know, in the, in the junior year, you know, again, I'm, I'm anchoring a lot on what these pipeline guys have been telling me. I've just been learning a lot from these guys and how, you know, how they came to be in the nineties it's such an interesting time, like comparing that time to now, it's obviously dramatically different. Everything's different. There's transportal and all sorts of stuff, but you know, they said back in those days, you didn't, you never got to play until you're a junior, a senior, a fifth year. And mm-hmm. like guys like Brendan Stye, who became an all American, he never, he, he backed up Will Shields for two seasons and never played. And then, but by his junior, he was fantastic. And that was the year like junior to senior years when all these guys made these leaps so I think it's I, I'm kind of studying these guys' ages as I look through these lists to say like I do think there's an element of like maybe you know maybe these guys do make a big leap sophomore junior because it's two years in the system they have two years of weight weight training and they're now 21 22 years old so um, mm. you know a lot of those names that we've been talking about it's like maybe they didn't play well last year but you know with another off season do they make that leap junior year and in particular some of the names you know guys like Miles Farmer who've played a ton. You know, I'm looking back on the first, you know, team, but those guys who have played a ton, who have so much experience and then get to make that, you know, sophomore and junior year leap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think that's an interesting kind of perspective of like, we put so much pressure on guys to be like, ah, all right, play right now, be awesome right now. Or like, we're done with you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows? I, I, I hope there's a lot of surprises on this list. You know, Dave, you get to talk of the pipeline, the 94 pipeline on Friday night. And I think, you know, one of the questions that you can talk with them about too is those guys understood their roles on the team. And that's as important as anything. You mentioned the zero sacks that they gave up in that season. That's impressive. But the starting tight end that year was Matt Shaw, and he had zero catches his entire career. Never caught a yeah. single pass at Nebraska. And I'm sure he would have liked to at some point. I'm sure he ran routes in practice, and I'm sure he was capable of catching a ball, but it just never worked out that way for him. But he still understood his route, or what his role was. And when you get down to the end of that game and there's, they're running options and short side options, who's the tight end that, that they're running all those to? It's, it's Matt Shaw. So can these guys find whatever that role is? If you're a defensive tackle, if you're Ty Robinson and you, know, you came here and you're a big four-star you know, recruit, but maybe your job here is take up a double team, man. You're not going to make the play, but you're going you're gonna to allow for the play to happen because you're taking on that double team. You're going to take on three guys on, on a play, you know, Whatever that role is, be that role. And if we have role players and we've got guys that are getting developed and guys that are selfless and playing for the team, 
I think that's going to be a lot of similarities to what those guys on Friday night are going to talk about what that team was like. And so, you know, every team's got their stars and and they're they're great guys, but uh, you know, you can only have so many of those, and it's all the other filler, and it's the guys doing their jobs and and making plays. I want to hit this before we get to the uh, the last part, which is kind of previewing the the spring game itself. But speaking of defense, this was a situational football situation. I know you're going to love this, Jim, because you and I have talked about this a, a hundred times over the years. But this is what Coach Rule talked about on Saturday, situationally, but also talking about how the defense had had success, did a good job in the scrimmage, but then uh, made a kind of a bad mistake at the end. Uh, we're putting them in a lot of situations. Like, you know, we finished we finished today. It was, I think it was Keith. It was like nine seconds, balls on the nine, no timeouts, you're down four. And, like, they're having to process that real quickly. Like, okay, like how many downs do I have? I have two downs. And then we, you know, we didn't score. And then we had a guy on defense punch a guy on offense. And then it was a – then it was a flag, right? So, and I won't say what it was, but, you know, it happened, right? And so it's not real cool, and I'm not the cool guy, like, you know, because the defense thinks they won. I'm like, no, untimed down, right? And I scream at the defense, and I make them run a gas, or the coaches too, and they go sit on the sideline, and then there's one play left, and Jeff scrambles around, and he hits someone, Marcus, I think, in the end zone for touchdown, and I told the offense, if you score, run right in the locker room, they run right in the locker room, and the defense has to stand there, right? So the defense won the day. Right, the defense won the whole scrimmage, but at the end of the day, you know they did. They didn't make the play at the end to win it. Right, and it wasn't anything physical. It was just mental. Our awareness of the situation, our awareness of doing the right thing, and so I believe that good teams do good things and bad teams do bad things. Okay, first off, just inject whatever he just said. Like he put it right into the veins. I mean, that is <laughs> this is five for five six years of us doing this damn show. It's been. How many times? It's not about talent. We're good enough to beat that team, but you'd always find ways to blow it up. You'd win on the stat sheet, but you'd lose on the scoreboard. And good teams do good things, and bad teams do bad things. You know, when I hear that, it's I'm 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 glad to see the defense make the improvements. They played a better scrimmage than they did two weeks earlier. They won the scrimmage, and yet you still make the bad mistake at the end. And but I love that we're finding that out now in April. Not waiting until uh, you know we're in in the Twin Cities playing in front of you know a live audience, and I think that that's going to pay dividends. The way that they're practicing, the way they're putting quarterbacks live, the way that they're tackling, the physicality of it. I've talked about green jerseys until I've been blue in the face in the past. Everything I'm seeing right now, situational football, that that's been our issue, and and he seems to be attacking the right things, Jim. I think that he probably after that play ran up to the defense and said, "You blew it." <laughs> I mean, I could imagine how just pissed off he was. Where he's, you know, you guys had everything right, and you threw up, you threw a punch to to ruin it. I mean, what have you guys not learned from the last two years of of losing close games to say, "Stop doing dumb shit"? Like, now, how about this though, Jim? Let's flip it on the other side. You're probably right that he was he was outwardly pissed. I bet inwardly he loved it. And oh, they, they, yeah. they created the best yeah. coachable move there. Like if we go through practice and you guys are just awesome all the time, that sucks. I need things to yeah. coach you up on. I wanted an opportunity, and I love what he does. I'm going to show another clip here in a second. I love how he creates scenarios. For instance, it gets kind of crappy here in Nebraska every once in a while, a little bit cold. So why do we have so much trouble when we get to the end of the season? We have to play at Wisconsin or Michigan or or Iowa, and we act like we've never been outside before. Well, Coach Rules addressed that. Really happy to get out there and scrimmage in that weather. And I told the guys on offense, you know, they're in white. I said, hey, you guys, in your mind, uh, you're at, at Michigan State late in the year and it's cold on defense. I told the guys, like, hey, you're playing Iowa at home day after Thanksgiving. So, you know, I'm always trying to 
cast a vision for, you know, everyone kept asking me if we we're going to go inside, we're going to go inside. I said, well, lightning hits, but other than that, we're going to be outside. That's where we play. Dave, I, I, I love him. I don't care. I got nothing else. <laughs> I think that, well, so here's, here's the, uh, on the, the, the punch component, uh, flip side. And again, my brain is just deep in the pipeline stuff. And Zadishka and Graham, uh, were on the, uh, they did a podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, they took a completely different approach because like so much of the backlash on Twitter was like, Oh my God, they haven't learned from their mistakes. And like, I can't <laughs> believe they're still punching each other. Those guys loved it yep. because they were like, we fought every day in practice. Every single day, Christian Peter, Christian and Jason Peter were fighting fist fighting somebody mm-hmm. on the offensive line. And that's the like intensity level that they're like, yes, finally they're punching each other in the face. Like that's what we've needed. So I don't know. I think there's an element there where like, I, I think he, I agree with everything you're saying. He like handled it perfectly and he gets teachable moments and he's coaching them. Cause like that it's, it's a, a delicate balance where like th- definitively the thing that has been broken about this program is the attention to detail. So he, mm-hmm. he's given that opportunity to fix the attention to detail, but they're also have enough fire in their bellies to punch each other in the face. So it's like a great, like two sides of things of like, don't do that. But also, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, keep, keep, you know, next time choke him out. You know, and then they got to like run stairs and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I guess that the macro look at rule is everything kind of you're highlighting is like the, the closeness that we've felt the last few years. It just felt like something that just needed like a better manager, a better leader of like just a little more attention to special teams. Just, you know, can we make some PATs and some field goals? Can we not have stupid penalties? Can we not have like, you know, a ton of holding calls? So there's that element where it feels like rule has like the professional experience, both, you know, at, you know, at Baylor, as well as like, you know, the pros and everything else that you're like, okay, he's going to pay attention to the right things. He's going to put them in the opportunity to succeed. And we have the right players. So, yeah, I think it's like, he, he hits the high note every time he goes out, the guy's like a brilliant panderer, you know, he's got the whole gospel thing going on. Um, Ah, Steven Costello in the house. Appreciate that. Buy some uh, pipeline jerky, guys. Stuff is dude, awesome. Coming in, baby. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been like munching on it all night. We got some pork <laughs> we, going we on. We got a bunch of comments, but every time I put one up, it covered Jim's face, and you know, I don't want to upset the guests. It's hey, so we're, handsome. We're not. We're not upset, Rob. If, if, if the people are typing, post it. You know, we want to. We no, 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 no. It, it's good. A lot of it. There. A lot of the commentary is just around what you guys are talking about. You know, talking about missing Damian Daniels last year. You know, we've got a few things up there too. And um I agree. Going back going back to the defensive line too, I I didn't really get to chime in there at all, but that's okay. Um one of the things too about looking at first and second team is that we could have almost just removed those labels too, because I think rule was really clear the other day that you know, first and second team, they're going to be rotating guys in and out so often during those that, you know, we may see a lot of guys maybe not getting as many plays as we're used to on defense. That's just like an opinion. I'm kind of doing the math in my head. If they're rotating guys in and out, especially like at that Jack position, you know, going, going through Tony White's defense, changing up looks, fronts, everything like that blitzes, which they're going to be doing. I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy to see because while he said he wants the ones against ones and the twos against twos, it also kind of contradicts what he said earlier in the week about the defense where they're going to be switching a lot of guys up. So to me, it'll be interesting to see those rotations and how they're lining up and like, are they going to be having guys that look like they're going to be blitzing that are going to drop back into coverage or, you know, maybe there's some guy that looks like he's going to be in coverage that one guy's dropping back and the other guy's like passing him on the, you know, 
passing him on the side, going right up the middle for the blitz. So uh, I'm excited to see kind of what this new look defense should look like, especially because White said he's just letting these guys go. Like he's giving them like minimal, um, you know, defensive scheme at this point, just kind of letting them play. Because that's that that to me says that he's letting these guys use the athletic ability that that they have already. So yep, good. I just wanted you know, to get that in. Let let them play. Let, let them think less. They took some of the install right. out over the the course of a spring ball, and uh, play fast. That's important. And now, scarlet colored glasses. Let's kind of break down ones versus ones, and then two versus two. I do think, to your point, Rob, there will be some guys moving around a little bit, but for the most part, you know, if he's trying to get ones versus ones and two versus twos, that's that's kind of the whole point of what we're doing here with with putting guys into first and second strings. And so, as we look at this, these are the the list that we had: first string offense, first string defense, and you know, I've been starting with you, Jim. I'll start with you again. You know, do you see? areas what what are areas that you're interested in looking at do you see advantages that one side might have over the other you know or what are some certain things that you might look at from a from a lineup perspective here i mean are we gonna say that terry's gonna play at left tackle or is he gonna, i mean how are they gonna manage that green jersey deal i, I don't know how it's gonna pan out but mm. i think the um the offensive line and the the pass rush to me is something where we're going to watch, right? Because it's kind of like what Rob mentioned, or, or maybe it was Dave, where it's like you want to see the pass rush do well, but does that mean the offensive line is going to be bad again next year, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like that yin and the yang of not really knowing exactly what you're seeing. But I think for me, that's probably where you look at these guys we got. Like I'm excited to see MJ Sherman, and and, and Dave mentioned, um, you know, borders. And uh, and Butler's having a great you know third season, but uh, that that pass rush against the offensive line, I think we're all gonna be watching that. And that's my kind of my key matchup as I look at Saturday. Mm-hmm. Dave, I still I, I'm just excited to kind of see like what the offense actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still don't think I get it right because it's like you've got what Rule ran you know, for the Panthers and for Baylor and then you got Satterfield's offense, which is all sort of the similar, but also different. So it's kind of like, what's actually, what actually is it going to be? Is it, is it Satterfield? Is it, is it rule? Is it, um, you know, and how does that all kind of blend together? So I think that element will be interesting because I feel like they're, they've done it, you know, again, these guys are amazing panderers and are able to Hmm. be like, Oh, we're gonna have fullbacks, and we're gonna have eye formation, and we're you know it's like, are you are you gonna, you're a fullback like what is it? like mm-hmm. like an actual fullback? Um, so I think there's gonna be that element for me is I think they've said all of the right things the entire off season. It's like, are you actually gonna fullback? Are you actually gonna play from the eye? Are you actually yeah. like gonna do those things, or are you gonna let Jeff Sims be Jeff Sims and you know use his speed and use his athleticism to to roll out? Is it RPO style? So you know they're saying a lot of things. I guess it'll be interesting to actually have some film to watch. Um, you know, because, you know, you kind of watch a lot of Spencer Rattler last year and, you know, he threw the heck out of the ball last year. So it's like, mm-hmm. which, which, which kind of, which is it? I can tell you from what the, the conversation we had with Snodgrass a couple weeks ago that uh, they were doing a bunch of red zone uh, work in this one scrimmage. And I jokingly said they got down to the one yard line and definitely got in a shotgun, right? I mean, they had to, right? And he's like, nope, they, they have an eye formation. They got a fullback out there and in situational uh, parts of the game, they they got under center and they did the things they needed to do there. And I think, I mean, I was saying this back in March or you know November, December, the the first time that they were saying the thing about the fullback, and Twitter went blew up about the fullback. 
the fullback is not an, an every down back. It never really was. I mean, even you go back to the nineties and there, we had no back sets and we had one back sets and there were plenty of times that we didn't have a fullback on the field too. Um, but the fullback, I think when it, when it's time to get into the short yard situations, when it is goal line, when it is down to, to fourth and one, and you really need that yard, those are the moments I envision seeing that person get out there on the field. Now, is it a standalone only fullback or is it a tight end that is converted into a fullback role for position, you know, for a play, you know, that's, I think where you'll see it. I'm also interested, just like you said there, Dave, just what does this look like? You know, we have three wide receivers listed here. We have two running backs listed here. We have two tight ends listed here. They've even talked about getting the 13 personnel at times, you know, getting three tight ends on the field. You know, I want to see something more than what we saw a year ago in Whipple's offense, which was just line up in the same formation every single time, one back lined up in a shotgun next to the running to the quarterback direct handoff, you know, and, and the quarterback doesn't move afterwards and everything just being kind of gifted to the defense. I want to have some deception there. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of option, although we've seen a little bit of that even in what they've shown on social media, that there are option plays in this offense. But I don't think it's going to be an option-heavy one. But I want to see the QB's legs be involved. I always have. And uh, and I'd love to see some two-back out there at times. Shotgun, under center, doesn't matter. Uh, those are the things I'm really going to be looking for from a kind of a schematic standpoint. Here's my think- question to you, Honky, though, and this is what I've been – and knowing we know about a rule, is he going to – I mean, is he going to display what he's got for offense or is he going to keep it pretty guarded for Minnesota? Because to, to Dave's point, we don't know if they're going to run, right? But mm-hmm. same, same issue for uh, P.J. Flack and Minnesota. They, they don't know where we're going to run either. So how much does he show? How much does he show of the quarterback run game versus the, you know, the option and that sort of thing? Or do you mm-hmm. say, I don't care. I'm, I'm Matt Rohr. We're going to do whatever we want. You guys can watch our tape and could care less, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping he sends Harburg out there on the second team and all he does is run option, right? Like, I mean, sure. just, just if I, literally, if the, like, just only option for, for Harburg. If I'm the coach, I show everything you possibly can show. I'd give that team everything to work on. I, I would I would give the defense so many. In fact, Osborne used to talk about that at times. They would, they would show one little thing in a, a game here or there, and it had nothing to do with the game they were playing. They were thinking three games ahead that that coaching staff, that team were going to play in week seven is going to see us line up in this one formation and do this one thing. And okay. that's, but we're going to show it because now they're going to spend, you know, 30 minutes of practice on that one thing. Um, look, I mean, it's football at the end of the day, we're going to line up and snap the ball and hand the ball off to guys. And we're going to do, you know, it, it's right. like the, it, they showed Harburg running an option on the, the Huskers yeah. account showed that on, on Twitter or on social media. That's very intentional. I mean, the, if they didn't want to show that we ran an option, they wouldn't have shown it, but you know, it's just one more thing. It's part of the offense. Now, I think if I recall right, I think last summer there was – or last spring there were options being shown too. And then, you know, we get to the season we never see one except for when, you know, Frost called one or two and then he got fired. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be I, – I, I think, you know, I, I, I don't want this to – at the very least, I don't want this to be a Bob Diaco spring where, hey, we all know that we're making a switch. We're going to – we're going to be a three, four, but we're going to come out and run a four, three, because we don't want to show anything because this yeah, three, four. So, is so this is so secret. Oh, give me a break. Wow. There's so much film on all these guys. And, and the beauty of this, and you mentioned it, Dave, there's uh there's Satterfield coming from, from South Carolina, plenty of film on him. In fact, I hope PJ flex spends a lot of time looking at South Carolina film. And I hope he spends a lot of time looking at Baylor film. And I hope he spends a lot of time looking at the film of what they do on Saturday. I hope they spend a lot of time looking at all that stuff. 
you can only run so much. And it, more times than not, you lose your first game versus win it. You, you find ways to lose it by doing bad things in special teams and making mistakes. And I just want us to be crisp. And if our spe- if our playbook looks like this instead of this in week one, and we're really good at doing this, we're probably going to win. Ken's comment there I like a lot. I, I agree with that. Like, it's, That's a pipeline story right there. Yeah, that's, they used I mean, to tell that's, the defense what they're doing. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, here, here it comes. Stop it. You know, and I think that's a like – if you if you run a play effectively, you know whether you run up the middle or you run a pass, but whatever it is, like if you're running it effectively, it should, you know, if there's 11 guys on the field, someone should be open, and if you have good enough athletes, someone should be open. It should work. Um, so yeah, I think that the whole trend to like hide things has always been bizarre to me. But um, yeah, I think it'll be. I, I don't know. I because I, I I dig into you know the transfer portal themselves. I think that's what's going to be. It's always tricky in these. Um, transition years of like a kid like Billy Kemp, you know, he clearly has a type. It's like, he likes a short, fast guy. He likes fleeks. He's like the short, fast guy. And then you get a giant tight end like Eric Gilbert that comes in. So you're like, okay, maybe he wants short, fast wide receivers. He wants giant tight ends, but then he keeps around all the running backs. So it's like, okay, the running backs were good enough to meet his standard, but he wanted a couple wide receivers to plug some gaps. So that, that'll be interesting. It's like, who does he use? How does he use them? What does he use on, on especially on like the specialty skill positions? Um, cause I think that's kind of what you can start to really see is like, where does he going out and hunting in the tra- transfer portal? It's like, Oh, I don't have this in, in order for my offense to be successful. I need, you know, I need fleeks. I need, I need these guys. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And fleeks is an interesting one to me because he reminds me a little bit of almost like Trey Neal in year one at, at uh, coming from UCF. I don't know if he's going to be a, a major contributor on the field or not, but he's somebody that certainly knows the culture can be a, a locker room guy at the very least. Yeah. Uh, that's what Trey Neal was kind of brought in to, to help do uh, in year one of frost. And I think that fleets can be some of that here in year one as well. Hell, I, I wasn't he like roommates or came in with uh, Garrett McGuire. I think they're like the same age and yeah. you know, played at the same time at, at Baylor. So uh, Garrett McGuire kind of needs to recruit fleets out of high school and frost did pretty heavily. And mm. we almost landed him. But uh, rule got him over over Nebraska back in the day. So it all comes first first full circle. Full circle. Well, this is the, the ones versus the ones here. I'm interested to see uh, uh, back to what Rob said at the very beginning in the trenches. I'd like to see what the how the O line looks. I'm looking at uh, Ben Hart. I want to see. I know he's lost weight since that pipeline uh, event, uh, Dave. That I went to at Alumni Hall back in December, and I met Bryce at that time, and the photos and the videos I've seen of him, he looks 30 pounds lighter now. And coach rule talked about him just the last couple of weeks about how this is, you know, he's, he's very bullish on him. And some of this might just be saying things to, to help, you know, pump up the team as opposed to the coach to uh, at CU who's telling guys to get the hell in the portal. Um, you know, the, the idea <laughs> of saying, you know, being positive around the guys that these guys are, yeah, these guys, we got NFL bodies on the team. We've got NFL things that, you know, I don't know yet. We'll find out. I mean, they but, are, man. Look how big. Ben are 6'9", perhaps 6'10". These guys are, always had it. These guys are giant human beings who are now juniors and are hitting, hopefully, that stride of, like, becoming sophomore to junior jump that, uh, yeah, I think it's – three. They are they are NFL bodies. Three of those five. Okay, let's just talk about the O-line for a second. Three of the five guys, and this is not the first time we've ever said this on the show – Three of those five guys, Prohaska, Corcoran, and Ben Hart, are all top 100 recruits in their respective classes. So that's not something that uh, 
uh, Coach Rules just stepped into before any of his previous snaps stops. Now look at this O-line and compare it to when we played Iowa last year. So we beat Iowa, if people forgot. We beat them and, you know, ruined their, their chance at winning the West. Uh, beat, you know, ruined their uh, senior game. Last Pre-con. game Pre-con. at Iowa State in Kinnick. We beat Iowa. There, beat I, Iowa. I'm sorry. Just, hey, did I, you I mention that we beat Iowa? We beat Iowa. But anyways, yeah, we, we beat them. Beat and them. we didn't have Prohaska on the O-line. Ben Scott, who now has, what, 2,000 snaps or whatever from Arizona State coming here. Newly, who was out a year ago. And then, ben, I mean, we do have we did have Bennert, so I guess we would have had Bennert and Corcoran at that time. But that's how different the O-line is. And, and yet, we had an O-line that I thought performed pretty well against Iowa. And now we've got those pieces on top of that. I mean, that, this the O-line, to me, I don't look at it as a weakness right now. It just, but it needs to come together. And I think having some stability with Rayola coaching him a second year doesn't hurt either. But uh, that if we're going to have any success this season, and this is not breaking any ground here, it, it's got to start there. Yeah. Agreed. Um, let's look here. I'm just going to go to the twos versus twos. Do we have any matchups that are that are interesting to you here? Uh, you know, you look at the you mentioned uh, Tommy Hill, uh, Dave being a corner that could easily be somebody on the first string there. Well, I, I look at the wide receivers and I'm like Xavier Betts. I mean, come on, man, that guy, that guy could be all conference. The talent is, is there. You know, Eric Gilbert. You know, this guy could be, this guy could be a freaking all conference guy or 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 not play at all. You know, there's there's big gaps. You know, here so. Is there anything you kind of see as, as you see twos versus twos? I want to see uh Janarian Bonner, you know, mm-hmm. moving from wide receiver to tight end. Um, I've seen him in, in these clips they've released playing uh playing running back, getting handoffs on the goal line. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but he's mm-hmm. getting he's getting running plays. Um, kind of like they had the uh, tight end in South Carolina doing last year under Satterfield. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Bonner, and um, I think that the right tackle, right guard combination there, Rutoski and then uh, and Hood from Georgia, you know, is mm. he a guy that can maybe maybe be some depth this year, or is he going to need another year to get in shape? And I think we're going to find out a little bit, you know, with him on Saturday. Yeah, that's a great point. He is someone to keep an eye on because all I've heard, and I mean, I've heard this from former players, and I've heard this from a number of people, that hood is is not ready right now, but I'd like to see it. I'd like to see how you know where is he at right now in that development. Um, you know, he's a big dude, and and he did have a season under his belt at Georgia, but you know, six eight three forty five. Um, whether he's ready next year or not, I mean, he's got, he has a a pro style size that you know we just got to find ways to to get that developed and, and harness there. Um, you know, I. Anything else here? I mean, Dave, you look at this. Is there any anything that jumps off the the, the page that you're looking at? You know, I mean, I think we've, we've covered a lot of it. I think you know, like we were saying earlier, it's it'll be interesting to see what Harbert can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's been a freak athlete to me since high school, and it's like, okay, give this guy you know an opportunity with the ball and see what happens. And uh, you know, I feel like that's even though we don't show anything in the spring game, I actually feel like you can tell pretty quickly if a guy's got it or not. Um, mm-hmm. I've felt that anytime, like any of these QBs get out there, you're like, okay, this guy doesn't have it. <laughs> like you could tell pretty quick, um, you know, from a QB standpoint. And I even remember like Anthony Grant last year, I think it was Anthony Grant last year. You're like, oh shoot, this guy's got some video. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, even during thumping, yeah, that you could still tell when somebody had it. Yeah, so I think that that's, you know, with all of these guys, it's like, I know they're going to show the full playbook. Maybe they don't fully tackle or whatever, but like th- there will be two or three guys that show that it factor that you maybe don't expect. And so um, it might be first team. It might be second team. Like Betts is going to be interesting, man. I think like I struggle with him. Um, you know, I-, I think I love him for his talent. I have a hard time with the kid who like kind of just leaves a team like that. And then it kind of comes back. So it'll be interesting to see where his heart's at and where his head's at. Um, mm-hmm. But Got the talent. Has the talent. And I think, Rob, I think you got a point, too, with Harburg. I'd like to to see them just – I don't know Harburg. I haven't seen enough of him. I'm interested to see his arm talent. I know he's got a live arm. Does he have the accuracy and everything? But I know he's a heck of a runner. I know he's a talent. He's one of those guys that literally at 6'5", 210, and I don't know how accurate that, that size, that weight is. If he's not quarterback, he's talented enough to play other positions. I know Whipple wanted to try to move him to, to tight end. Well, you know, I mean, a, he, could he be could he be a fullback too? I mean, in some plays, like him and Sims on the field at the same time. Who is that? Who is the QB we had that went to play fullback at like the NFL? What the heck well, was Dan that? Kendra was a big time quarterback that became a fullback at a. I mean, no, Cody and saying, like mix it up. Like let's let's see some fun stuff out there with like athletes, right? Like let the athletes be athletes. If Harburg has to go mm-hmm. out there and Sims runs an option and and then pitches it to Harburg, who then like you know maybe stops and throws it downfield, or you know, I mean, there could be like a million different things, or he just takes it and bulldozes over people. I mean, he's a big mm-hmm. kid. He, Johnny Stanton, big, by the way, six five or Johnny something. Like there it is. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. I was like, I'm like googling. I'm googling like former Husker quarterback turned fullback. I'm like what? I, I'm googling the wrong things right now. That's a great one. He became huge. Yeah, I, I think the Browns had two former Huskers at one time at, at fullback because they also had Johnny like, Football. Manage. It's Johnny only it's football. only April. We can dream the dreams. We can dream. Hey, hey, Rob, I'll take a fullback pass. Why not? <laughs> Dude, I. But I mean, is it a fullback pass if it's a quarterback? playing the fullback position. I mean, let's get philosophical here if we yeah, want to. Oh, this is this is good. Isn't it going to be pretty windy on Saturday though? Just checking the forecast. Isn't it going to be like 30 mile an hour wind or something like that? Oh yeah, my god. Hey, two years ago it was so windy that sitting up in sitting like up top, I think yeah. Honky and Mac and I were sitting up top and it was oh, so windy girl. that we couldn't girl. even like hear what each other were saying. We couldn't even hear yeah. what we were saying to you. Oh yeah, that was the that was the year that you that came and did the yeah, and yeah. you um and you actually came and did the um right. spring game recap with us yeah. at, at the hotel. So yeah, yeah. Uh, right now I'm seeing 51 degrees. Should be a wonderful game. Uh, you know, it might be a little chilly, but nothing too bad. And you know, Redcasters, Husker Nation, get out there. The last I saw was right around 60,000 tickets were bought. And of course, there's always some late tickets and and the late rush to get them up there. You can get tickets for ten dollars a piece up until like the day before, and then I think day of they they go up to twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Yeah. But get those tickets. But you know, I want to get that. Let's get that place sold out or as close to humanly possible. Sixty thousand is out. a lot. I know, but that come on, we're better than that. Let's make it seventy. Let's make it seventy five. This is Coach Rule's first year, and uh, and. We see these new guys coming in here. Coach Solich is going to be there, being being a, a you know a celebrated for the first time, and, and and thank God he this is able to happen after 20 years of being gone. Let's get that place sold out, Husker Nation. Do everything possible. Tell your neighbors. Tell your tell your family. Tell every tell everyone you know. Let's get to that stadium, and it's a celebration. 
And as we know, there's nothing else to do in Nebraska anyways. We get told that. So then let's let's really show people that. Let's let's make that place uh, as full of red as we can possibly get. Well, guys, this has been great. I, I enjoy this every time. Uh, we're going to go into our parting shots here. But uh, before we even do the parting shots, just, I mean, just in general, your thoughts kind of – it's spring game week. It's the end of spring ball. You know, it, it, the the off season is coming to an end, and then we're getting into to summer. So it's a transition period here. Uh, how have you know, give? Uh, I'll go around the room with Jim. How, what's your assessment of Coach Rule up to this point? We've now seen him take a team through spring. We've seen, you know, the the initial signing class and everything. What are your thoughts so far? Just give him a grade and 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 your observations of him. Yeah, it's hard not to, you know, like basically fall in love, right? You were saying, Honky, I'm, in, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bought in. He's like, he's, he's like in our head, like all the things we've always wanted and all the things we've always been talking about in our DMs and our text messages for the last seems like ten years. He says them out loud. You're like looking yeah. around, like, what is going on here? Like, how does he, even, like, he's in my head. And I, you know, like, we haven't won any games yet, but I, I, I'm so impressed with his, with his, just his. I think, uh, Dave, you said it. He's like. He's an adult. He's the manager we we've always wanted and needed, and um, I'm really impressed. I mean, I'm really impressed. I, I I think Aaron Graham said he wants to, you know, kind of hold back his his you know his his love, if you will, or you know, because we've been, we've been jilted so many times. But I I think there's a lot of good reasons to to find hope and uh, what he's doing, and I'm excited about where we're going. And it feels like I can finally kind of relax and enjoy the process and not have mm. to worry about this and worry about that. And why did he say that? Is he doing this? He's doing everything. Like, I don't think he's anything he's not doing. Like he's got so many, his hands and so many parts of the program that um, we can kind of just sit back and say, yeah, we're going to be okay. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's fun. Yeah. And Dave, really are we missing something here? You know, bring us back to reality. Be the realist. No, yeah, you're the, no, you're the perfect me. guy that's for this. Rule. Be the, be the realist. Nah, where, where are we getting rule wrong? Come on. I he... think now I think that um, <laughs> Jim was hitting me. That That's like a, you're kind of hitting all the right notes there. Cause the, I think what I, as I, you know, almost do some like therapy on the last like frost years. Like I, I was one of the biggest frost defenders every day. He was a coach for the entire time. Like I came on this podcast every single time, like he's going to turn around. This is the one. And I think I was like, so emotionally invested in him as a person. And because he was a hero and he's Husker and like one of my favorite players and all that, that, that you just weren't able to take that objective look and be like, God, this is just not working. Like nothing's getting better. Mm-hmm. It's not the right team. And so I, I would agree with Jim. I do feel a sense of like my shoulders, kind of like a relief of like, I don't have to like will this to victory. It's like, I trust that there's an, a you know, kind of like this manager and adult in charge. That's like knows how to do it. And has done it before. Right. I think we were, we were learning with frost Frost was learning like how to become a coach on the job and just didn't learn fast enough. Um, but rules on a stop five, you know? So I think that's where like, there's that element of, okay, like he can take all the things that worked and didn't work from those last four to five stops and apply them here. So yeah, I think that I, I truly feel like a little bit of tension. I don't know. Yeah, I put the weight of Nebraska football on my shoulders, but it was like there's such an element of like how many times do we have to defend Frost, you know, like over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Every friend and family of like, when are they gonna fire him? They can't fire him. This is it. This is what like this is it. So I think that that's just his his coming across very professionally has been very encouraging. Yeah, I mean no kidding there. And and 
it's tough there, you know, with Frost, it just it never it just never got better. We always thought it would. And then it got to the point of like you were one of those soundboards for like NBNR, uh the no block no rock has every time you say his name, like bleak. Yeah, that they, they <laughs> well but it was the thing that hang it now I'm losing my thoughts. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was it was the thing that we were you were starting to fight against history at that point. Oh, we've gone zero and five against this team. Zero and four. That would be the narrative. It, it's zero and we haven't beaten uh, uh, Fleck in how many years? And that's the talk. I hear people say that right now. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, I don't care not. that we haven't beat them the last five years. That that's uh, irrelevant when it comes to rule. Rules new yeah. here. Now it's he he's got a, a clean slate, and so I think that that's what we've really started with, Rob. I'll, I'll kind of end with you, and then we actually will go to a parting shots here. Can you out Kool Aid the Kool Aid guy? I mean, can you, you know, Dave? Dave's given us his uh, his uh, shiny thoughts on things. Where are you at? Well, every time, I mean, I I go out of my way to watch these press conferences. I will stop whatever I'm doing. I will literally schedule them on my work calendar so nobody will schedule <laughs> meetings while the press conferences are going on. And every single time I walk away from there, it's. It's not so much like I, people are always like, oh, I want to run through a wall and on Twitter, I'll put stuff like that. But I just I feel like how, how can I compare it? When I met my wife, she came off to me as the type of person that no matter what she said to me or how she said it, it I always felt like I was being told the God to honest truth. And it's one of the reasons I fell in love with her. And every single time I hear rule talk about anything, it doesn't feel like he's trying to say what you want to hear, but somehow he always says what you want to hear. And, and it's like, and he's not doing it to, to make us happy. He's doing it because it's the truth. Right. And so every single time he gets up there, like even sometimes you can see him struggling with saying some stuff because he'll say it. And he's like, but I don't really want to give you the idea that, that it's a hundred percent roses. Cause I'm not going to tell you that like, yeah, we did this one thing really good. And then he gets this look because we've been seeing a lot of coach rule lately, not recruiter rule. And, and even then I'm just like, you know what, man, it, it's okay. Like I want to like pat him on the back, give him a hug and just be like, it's going to be okay because you are good enough. You are smart enough. Gosh, darn it. Nebraskans love you. You know, you know I had, like, I had character on a couple of weeks ago and he said that rule has an uncanny way of being able to be very direct, very honest, but not in a mean way he can say, and he, he doesn't BS you at a press conference. He answers the question. He makes sure he answers the question and he will tell you the truth on something, but he doesn't do it in a way where, you know, he throws somebody under the table or, or, you know, makes people, isn't mean just to be unnecessarily mean. I take a lot of value in that too. I mean, that look, there's how you treat people says a lot about you. And, and uh, I think that he's treating people, right. I think it's one of the reasons we haven't seen a mass exodus of players like you usually do during transition. And I'm looking forward to seeing he's, the finish. He's of the sincere. Is that the word I've been looking I, for? He's sincere. I definitely think he is. Well, let's go around the room. I'm going to start with you, Rob. We'll end with Dave. But Rob, give me your parting shot. From College Football Reddit, the Ultimate 721 said, Nebraska's win percentage with Blonde Herbie from 1974 to 2003 was 82%. <laughs> Nebraska win percentage with Burnett Herbie from 2003 to 2023, 58%. And Air Guitarist immediately responded and said, facts don't lie. And there's your percentage, folks. All right. And there's the realist in Rob right there. Uh, Jim, 
I, I just want to plug, uh, or I kind of thank Dave for putting together the the pipeline event uh, mm. Friday night. I mean, what a great uh, event! I was listening to a podcast with Aaron Graham and then uh, with Doc uh, the other night, and it just gets me fired up just thinking about you know that team and and those guys, and then being able to bring them together, and, and it's for a good cause. I mean, they're going to help raise some money to hopefully contribute to to more offensive linemen coming to Nebraska, and just the importance around that. So. Um, thank you, Dave, for for putting that together, and I hope it's a great a great event. And um, look forward to hearing how that how that goes. All right, Dave, take us out of here. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that, Jim, and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's awesome to always you know chop it up on here. I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the events, you know, launching pipeline jerky. We've got some merch on you know huskystore.com. All, all of it kind of comes back to you know this true passion that we all have for the program. And I think it's been coming out in some really cool, just the the passion and love for this program, for this state, for the players, I truly think is unlike anything else in the country. And I think that's, what's been cool about this event coming together and pipeline jerky launching and all this stuff is like when you, when we're positioning it in the way that we are truly the way it is, is, you know, Hey, here's a jerky. that's going to help the players. It's going to help the team get better. Like there, there's a vested interest of the entire state coming together to support the cause and I just think it's really cool. I mean, it really shows like the level of support that this state has. It's got the level of support that the fan base has that will support this team no matter what. Um, and I just think, you know, I, you know, moment of gratitude. It's like grateful for this fan base, grateful for the Huskers, grateful to be a Husker that like events like this alumni, like the pipeline are willing to come back and support a cause and, and give back to the program that the fans are willing to sell out any event, no matter what our record is. Um, it's just a cool program to be a part of. And I think there's, there's been a lot of like pinch me moments throughout, you know, launching these businesses that we've had that we're like, God, this is just the best. And we're just having, you know, the time of our lives kind of launching a business like this and something that we've always dreamed doing. And so it's fun and, you know, go out that way that it's like, it, I, I think we should all really take a moment just be like, God, it's just great to be it. So it's great to be a Husker. It really is. And it's a great time to be a Husker. Great time to be a Husker. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, come back Husker fans. If you haven't already got your tickets and, and you live a, a state or two away, it's a great time. Come back. It's not too late. Get in the car and and drive to Lincoln. Be here for it. It's going to be a fun weekend. Come down on on, on uh, Friday night. What the heck? I don't care if there's 200 extra people at Hill Varsity <laughs> Club. But let, that's a good problem. Let them figure out how to fit everyone in there, right? And, um, you know, the pipeline's going to be there. Dave, I can't wait to see you in person for the first time. And we've done this so many times. So, uh, just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys, all of you, for, for doing this tonight. And, uh, you know, until next time, that's another Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. A Heard at Sports Network production.